Hello and welcome to the Redbox Report, a weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVDs for Redbox. I'm your host Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host Joel Fallon. And this week we're going to be reviewing Sicario, The Walk, and going over our top five most anticipated 20,000, 20,000, 2016 releases. Uh, <laughs> so what's going on, man? Not much. It's been pretty snowed in lately. Yeah, we got hit by Snowmageddon or whatever they're calling it. Jonas. <laughs> After it being like 60 degrees up until like a few days before it snowed, basically. And it's been pretty warm ever since. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're doing things a little bit differently this time. If you can't tell from the audio, we are using our old microphone and doing this through Skype. Because I haven't figured out how to do it through Skype with the new setup, but uh, you know, if there's any, I don't, I think it sounds okay from what I can tell. But if there's anything, it's just temporary. Yeah. And also, deal. <laughs> yeah, deal with. It. <laughs> and also, for 2016, we're doing things a little bit differently. We're going to be recording two episodes at a time every other week and releasing them weekly, just so we can try to stay on. Uh, more consistent schedule, but you might notice if we miss some timely news on the second episodes that we record, that's the reason, and we'll get around to it eventually. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to 2016 with the the podcast and, and the new MMA podcast, which I'm recording an episode of tomorrow. Yeah, you got the, uh, the wheels turning. <laughs> yeah, red belt report. <laughs> Love that. It's an empire, the Red Empire. Oh, yeah. Me and my wife tried to record a TV podcast, but we couldn't even get past the intro. It just was too weird. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but (laughs) maybe in 2017. But all right, let's get into Sicario. This was one of my most anticipated movies of the fall 2015 season. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, just great reviews directed by Denny Villanueva or Villeneuve, I believe is how it's pronounced. And uh, he's a director I've really grown to love the last couple of years with Prisoners and Enemy. And uh, yeah, starring Emily Blunt, an actress I really like, Benicio del Toro, Josh Brolin. So yeah, great, great cast. Yeah, great trailer. We we reviewed it. <laughs> I forget what we gave the movie, so we can't really. Base it off of that, but I'm sure it was spot on. <clears throat> it was in my running for best trailer, actually. Yeah, yeah, me too. It was up there. I don't think it quite made it. I've already forgotten all of my awards. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was literally in my list, but I do remember it being one of my favorite trailers. Yeah, for sure. So you were anticipating this as well? Yeah, I was looking forward to uh, seeing it. I, w- I mean, I never really knew what it was about. I mean, I have a general idea, you know, cartels yeah. and hitmen. War on drugs. Yeah, and it was kind of like from a cop's, I don't know, perspective, for lack of a better word. Sequel to Narcos. Yeah. <laughs> Modern day. Uh, what did you think of it? Um, I enjoyed it. I was uh, a little underwhelmed. I think my, uh, maybe my expectations were a little high going in. Because uh, how good the reviews were. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I'm kind of in a very similar boat. I would say I was slightly disappointed, yet I still enjoyed it thoroughly. And it's one of my favorite movies 
Or it is my favorite movie I've seen in 2016 so far. Yeah, but, I was kind of tossing that word up in my head, disappointed. Yeah, it's like uh, I wasn't sure if I should use it because that's sort of the first thing I thought. But I don't know. It's still a pretty solid movie. It's I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, it's, when I say disappointed, like it's just I didn't love it. I still yeah. really really liked it, but I was expecting to be blown away. And maybe on a rewatch. It would be better with my expectations set more normalized, but yeah, that's um, true. There's a lot yeah, to I love think about that's it. The most that's going against this movie is um, my expectations were kind of high on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would say like it has awesome performances, a great yeah, the amazing acting actually. Yeah, Emily Blunt especially in the lead, and Benicio del Toro in the. Uh, supporting were both amazing to me uh the score i thought was great i thought I, the score did a great job of building the tension and that's basically yeah. what this whole movie is is about just building tension and paying off on it and the cinematography does a lot of this a lot of the help there as well beautiful movie to look at and when there is action there actually was a little bit less than i expected but when it's there it, it was good yeah definitely it was a. Uh pretty gruesome at times um, oh yeah oh my way. god yeah <laughs> definitely some crazy shit um a couple of my favorite scenes as far as action is when they first cross over the border early on in the movie oh yeah that's pretty intense and there's like this standoff in the uh the parking or not parking lot but it's so much traffic that it's almost like a parking lot yeah that was intense awesome awesome scene and then again when they're in the tunnel and it's like pitch black. That was a that was a great uh, yeah, tension yeah, building yeah. scene as well. Um, the whole tension building thing, I thought that ended up being kind of a double edged sword for the movie. Yeah, I, I would agree. Because even though it was awesome and it usually did pay off, it really bogged the movie down. And I felt like I felt like overall there wasn't a lot of payoff for this movie. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, I kind of see that. I also, again, like I want to watch it again, actually, just because, I don't know, I feel like maybe I was missing some things here and there on the smaller moments. But um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I it's hard to explain for me. It's it was like, a little confusing. I couldn't exactly keep up with all the intricacies of what was going on. Of like who was with who, who's being like a bad guy, who's a good guy. Are there either of those? You know. Yeah. I... I don't know. It's hard for me to explain this movie, but, like, I felt confused and, like, I knew exactly what was going to happen at the same time. Or not like I knew what was going to happen, but, like, very unsurprised by everything. Yeah. There wasn't any, like, particular twist or turn that, like, blew my mind or nothing like that, you know? There, there's one scene that comes to mind for me, but uh, otherwise I'm pretty much... I, I'm generalizing yeah, yeah, yeah. for the movie, but that, like, that just scene, overall. There's a scene, obviously, I'm not going to spoil it, but at the end, that is so fucked up and really <laughs> caught me by yeah. surprise. And uh, yeah, that was like horrifying, but uh, another amazing scene. But yeah, in general, I do agree, especially because like... Emily Blunt, she's great in this movie. I think, like, her, even her character is very strong. 
character, but she's like put out of action in the third act. Like she's kind of not even around. Yeah, I was going to say at the end of the movie, they kind of make her sort of a bitch. Yeah. I don't mean that like in an insulting way. I just mean that in like she's like done. Yeah. She's she, like no she's scared to death basically. Yeah, they just kind of put her to the side. I would have liked to see her be more part of it, but at the same time I guess it's kinda the point of the movie is that like even as good of a cop that she is, like she she can't make a difference. You know, no one can make a difference. The war on drugs yeah. is just the beast of its own and and all that kind of stuff and the future yeah, like the futility of the situation oh yeah for sure yeah i guess when you put it that way it was that part was pretty good but the way i kind of saw it was like they displayed her strength in the wrong way towards the end like she stayed strong like she kept saying the right thing but you could tell by her body language and how she was saying it that she wasn't following through with nothing. Like all those guys had to really do is say, "No, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's really even." Well, I didn't threaten her and like all that stuff. I'm not, yeah. but even when she tried to have authority, it was just like they're laughing and like, okay, <laughs> like Josh Brolin, I thought was pretty good as well. Not not as good as Benicio del Toro, but he was solid as ever. You know, playing similar character that he usually plays. Yeah. Just a cocky son of a bitch. Um, I, I guess when you go into the story, like when she enters the story, she exits and it's like the same thing. Like she made no impact. No difference was made. Yeah. But I thought they should have like conveyed that a little bit better at the end. Like almost explained what happened in text or something like that. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. Yeah, it could go either way with that. Like, I don't know if that would have made it better or not, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, there yeah, was just yeah, something yeah. very unrewarding about watching this movie for me. And I feel like and, that's intentional, though. Yeah, and I guess that's what I was like trying to say before. Is like I understand that's sort of what they're trying to say, but but it still okay. has to yeah land for you. Yeah, exactly. Never land it for me. Um, I just I thought it was pretty cool how like the film brings us into the this world of the drug war on drugs, you know, in Mexico. The same like the same time she's being brought into it and learning about it is the same same way we are as viewers. Yeah. And so I guess in the way the viewer is from her perspective. Yeah. Like entirely, and I guess it kind of goes towards the end where we we're helpless as well. We're just we have to sit here and watch all this shit go down. Yeah, and she's a lone woman in a man's world. Yeah, I mean, I really i I respect the movie so much for doing that, rather than having some unrealistic bow tie at the end, like you're talking about that crazy scene. Like, I'm kind of glad that was in there, even though it was yeah pretty insane to watch but you know yeah for sure and it's like almost a horror movie at times like the scene when they find this house that has like these bodies in the walls oh yeah it's just disgusting it really skeeves me out a little bit there 
Yeah, I guess it is kind of like a horror survival type. Yeah, horror thriller. Yeah. What yeah. about all this stuff with like the the Mexican cop? They keep going to him throughout the movie, like periodically with his family. Like he has a son and a wife, and yeah. obviously uh, something happens with him towards the end. Like it felt a little out of place throughout the movie. Like yeah, it was, it was a lot of buildup for distracting, but I don't know. I didn't hate it, but it just kind of was kind of odd. I like yeah. the I like the payoff, but yeah, but it just didn't. It's almost I know, like. I guess... His son really has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And the fact that he's a cop doesn't really have a whole, whole lot to do with it either. Yeah, I feel like just either, like, build him up more, or, like, have him more involved in this story, or just have his last part be his only part. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You do see his son, it's the very last person you see in the movie. Yeah. He's, like, playing soccer. So, yeah, I feel like maybe just they they deserved a little more uh, building, character building. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess they, they were trying to do kind of the same thing with him, just saying it's like a revolving door. Yeah. Like, your dad gets killed or whatever, and then you're on your own, and then you end up doing the same thing. Yeah, so just like a circle of hell. Yeah, and maybe the end's also just to show how people just learn to live with it. Yeah, and there's not much morals in this movie. No, there's not really moral to the story in this one, so. <laughs> the title of the movie, Sicario, which means Hitman, and uh, like like in Narcos, there was the Sicarios. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's a cool name for a movie. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, I... Uh, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I would give it a solid eight and a half out of ten. Uh, but I just really I expected it to be a nine or above, but that's kind of crazy on my part to expect that, but Yeah. Uh I enjoyed the movie too. Not quite as much. I'm gonna give it a pretty a solid seven. Cool. Um I am gonna rewatch it sometime now and see if it Yeah. Once it's hits HBO movies better. Yeah. Like Mad Max, when it hits HBO, I'll record it and then just watch it at my leisure. Yeah. But moving on to the next release from 2015, this is Robert Zemeckis's The Walk. Uh, this is the remake or the the uh, interpretation of the documentary Man on Wire about uh, Philip Petit who is a daredevil who likes to walk across buildings and high structures <laughs> on a wire. Yes. And had 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. Uh, wow. was in theaters in IMAX 3D. Apparently, like, the last 30 minutes or so when it's him walking across the wire apparently was pretty awesome in 3D, which I could I could imagine that being the case. Wow. But to me, I wasn't super looking forward to the movie, but I was curious about it. But I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Robert Zemeckis. He's got some movies that I love and some movies that I don't love. But how about you? Uh, I don't know. Like, I heard the movie was pretty decent, but I wasn't like going out of my way to see it, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, the trailer looked okay. 
Oh, I remember you're making fun of his uh, accent. Yeah. And I guess yeah. it, it's pretty bad, at least in the beginning. Maybe you get used to it and you kind of forget about it as it goes on. Yeah, that's how I felt about the movie. Uh, or the movie, his accent, <laughs> at least, you know. Yeah. At first it really bothered me. Yeah. But I, had, I, I don't know. I guess the French accent maybe has like a rough edge to it when it's like that. I don't know. It was a very put-upon French accent. Yeah. It's like clearly an American trying to do it. But, I mean, overall it worked just, I guess, because JGL's so charming he's able to pull it off. Like, uh, Yeah, definitely, definitely. He fit the character, I felt like, because he seems like that kind of guy without the daredevil stunts and all that. Um, yeah, I can't imagine another actor really playing him. Not yeah. that someone couldn't, but right. like, yeah, now yeah. that I've seen it. That's a pretty good testament, you know. I'm sure someone could, but he he fit the role pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and this movie, I had like... Uh, I was up and down on it the whole time. It was... Like, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't like how he's narrating his own story and staring at the camera like it's a documentary. Which, obviously, I feel like the director's making odes and, like... Or odes? I don't know if that was the right word to use, but uh, not <laughs> like he's just giving nods to the documentary that won Academy Award, I think, and is so well regarded. And so they have like black and white in the beginning, which is, I think, another nod to the documentary. And I just feel like early on, it's trying so hard to say, you know, we know about the documentary. And we're just going to do this. And then it yeah. kind of gets into its its own groove in the middle. Even though it's very generic biopic. And then I think the best part is the, obviously the walk across the wire at the end. Really? I kind of felt the opposite. Really? I felt like the walk wasn't... It was the journey, not the destination for me. Cool. Yeah. In this movie. Um I do agree with you. It is fairly generic, and I don't like most of the narrating, although some of the parts I do like, like when he kind of interjects to when he's, like, lying about something or exaggerating to somebody about something. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily the narration on its own. It's that when they went to a shot of Joseph Gordon-Levitt staring directly at the camera like it's a interview from a documentary that kind of yeah, took yeah, me yeah. aback like I didn't like a decent amount of it but like uh like when he's first on the towers and he says it's impossible I'll do it <laughs> yeah of course I have to do it <laughs> yeah I, so, I mean like I like that there's a couple other ones like I can't really think of off the top of my head actually but yeah I know what you um, mean now. Yeah, I was kind of up and down with the movie as well. There were elements of this movie that I really liked. Like, I kind of liked the ragtag team thing to an extent. Like, the later guys, uh, I didn't really like at all. It was sort of stupid that they were really even in it. I guess if that's what really happened, whatever. But, like, the the guy that's always high or whatever. Yeah, that was a little little on the nose. Yeah, and uh, 
What's the one guy though? He he's in the Pacific that plays the first American that he meets. He did a pretty good job in the movie though. Yeah, I never saw the Pacific, but I thought he was pretty solid. Uh, he's in something else. I mean, I recognize him. I don't know his name yet, but I thought his French was actually it sounded. I mean, I don't really know French, but it, I thought his French sounded good, and he was like snapping in and out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like talking in like a New York and whatever. But I thought he was like the only character that was like serious enough and kind of funny too, mm-hmm. rather than just being one way or the other. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis. He's had such an interesting, weird career. He made Who Framed Roger Rabbit, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. He made Castaway, another one of my favorite movies. But then he he went on that uh, CGI animation kick with. Um, the Express, Polar Express, and Beowulf, uh, and the other, like the Jim Carrey Night Before Christmas or whatever. I and never then, used to. Is there a live action Beowulf and an animated one? Or I'm not sure it, if if they made a live action one or not. But it's like so close to lifelike, except for the dead eyes. <laughs> yeah, like when you actually watch the movie, you can really tell. But like. Just kind of at a glance, like a trailer or something. Yeah, or like a still frame. Yeah. But then he... Yeah, I think that's what happened with me. He came back with Flight, and I hated Flight with Denzel Washington. Just <laughs> And there's a lot of the elements that I didn't like about that in here, but for some reason it worked better here. Just the corny, broad vibe, you know. Like, so everything on the nose, but for some reason... Yeah. I guess because the main character is like such a showman, they kind of worked better here. But still, yeah, everything's kind of exaggerated. Yeah, like the love interest, everything is so cliche. Even though it is, you know, true, but yeah. just the way it comes across is like, oh yeah, okay, of course. But I thought it, I thought it was kind of funny. I mean, I thought it had some pretty solid humor in it at times. Yeah, the movie was sort of a circus. Yeah, exactly. And sp- speaking of the circus, I didn't really like uh, what's his face, his character who wasn't in it that much. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Gandhi himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the coach guy. Yeah, but Zemeckis, I feel like early on he's trying all this really interesting. Even though I didn't necessarily love it, he's trying stuff like the black and white with select things being color. Um, there's some cool shots like him when he first goes into the the circus tent and he walks across the wire. There's like interesting shot of the shadow across from him. Uh, like there's all this interesting stuff in the first 15 minutes, and then it becomes very by the by the books from then on. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but uh, I guess just trying to distinguish himself from the from the documentary. I wonder if it's like that or if it was like the studio just when it a certain type of movie at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it was lacking tension, I felt like, for such a build-up to this thing. Like, I didn't... I never thought for a second that he's going to get caught. Even though you... Even if you know for a fact he's not, a, a good movie can still make you feel the tension that it might happen. You know, I just yeah. never felt that. Never yeah, felt that, that. well, that's why I didn't really like The Walk. Is I just felt like 
I knew what was going to happen. Like, the build-up. Well, I don't know. There wasn't really a build-up. I felt like it was more of a, a journey to a destination type yeah. thing. Yeah. And it just... Yeah, like it wasn't very tense. I just kind of knew he was going to, even though I didn't really, I only vaguely, vaguely knew about this story. So I, I didn't yeah. even know for sure if he made it across or not. <laughs> yeah, he died, man. But <laughs> I kind of figured he wasn't going to or nothing like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I liked the training montage, like the lead up. And the way that they're kind of setting it up like it's a heist. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really just, you know, he wants to get to the top and walk across. I like that. It's like the in-between things that didn't work uh, the rest of the way. Like, it's all these characters are basically caricatures. They're just cartoon characters. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's characters of people and their relationships don't mm-hmm. really mean anything to the movie. Yeah. But when we get to the walk... The reason I liked it so much was even though it wasn't in 3D and it wasn't in the theaters, I still was getting like, like, uh, yeah, butter, butterflies in my fight. stomach. Yeah, like, you could definitely feel the danger there. Like, I thought they did a good job of just getting that across, like, how high up he is, and there's literally nothing, you know, holding him. Yeah, and like, even when he first sees the tower in real life and he, excuse me, uh, looks up, like, that even made me kind of dizzy. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, like, so high it looks almost like it twists or something like that. And, and also, yeah. this is the freaking Twin Towers, you know, 9-11 aspect. Yeah. And you're seeing he there. might fall from the top just like a lot of people did. You know, it's, like, just interesting perspective to put that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Man, but I watched the documentary as well that it's based on. Uh, Man yeah, on Wire. I had heard of it, but uh, I may have even seen some clips on YouTube or something, but I didn't really know too much. I had tried to watch it like a few years back, and it just did nothing for me. Because it kind of starts in the middle of the story. It doesn't really give you a build-up to explain anything. So I watched The Walk, and then I went back. It was on Netflix Instant, so I was like, all right, I'll give this another try since I saw this movie. And it definitely worked much, much better since I knew the very basic bones of the of the story. Um, I'd say the documentary is better overall, but not by a whole lot. Uh, I think the documentary does a better job of building him up as a character and you getting just fall, falling in love with this guy. He's such a charismatic guy storyteller but i think the actual walk across like there's some real footage of him walking across but it's like from the ground and he's doing it so quick and it looks effortless like it almost there's less tension even there than in the movie for some reason really yeah but i mean it's still crazy still cool in the documentary but i guess being up there with him really helps (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's not for like sure. he had a GoPro on his forehead or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead. Um, one thing I gotta say about I don't ever usually consider this in reviewing movies, but for some reason I feel like it's a little important for this movie. Um, like rewatchability. I just don't. For some reason, 
Even though I like this movie, I don't see myself going back to watch it for a while. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if it's on, like, cable or something, I might put yeah, it on. Yeah, if it happens to be on or but whatever. It, yeah. Unlike Sicario, it's not one where I'm going to record it and, like, try to watch it again. Go out of my yeah, way I'm to watch it. Yeah, I'm interested to see how much I like Sicario second time around. I really am. It's kind of got me thinking. Yeah. Kind of like I did uh, with Interstellar a little bit. Yeah, it's one good thing about doing this is, like, we can talk out some ideas and then go back and kind of put them into it a second time around. Yeah, and we're, like, you know, kind of more open-minded. Yeah. I don't make a decision, and that's my decision for life. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Because one of my favorite movies of all time now, Zodiac, first time I watched it, thought it was overrated and just a mediocre movie. (laughs) Yeah. I then I let my knowledge and just taste grow over time. Watched it some years later and loved it. So, you know, always open to changing my mind. But yeah. I, I'd give the walk solid seven out of ten. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to give it a solid six and a half. I can't quite give it a seven. Yeah. It's interesting how our rating systems are different. Like, a 7 out of 10 for me might not necessarily be the same as a 7 out of 10 for you. Yeah. Everyone's is slightly different. I look at it like like I'm grading a paper in school or something if I was a teacher. Like, a 7 out of 10, it's just like a C. Yeah. 7.5 C+. Plus. Like, you give Sicario a 7. And I'm sure you like Sicario more than I like The Walk. But... Just interesting. I try to kind of do the same thing as you, but I try to use the a wider scale. Yeah, yeah. Because I always find it annoying sometimes when I like read reviews and like it's hard to find like a game that's rated less than like a six. Mm-hmm. Like a six is like a horrendously bad game. Yeah. Sort of like I'm always like, what's the point of having a ten point scale? Yeah, I know. Sometimes I feel that way about myself. I'm like, I really need to start using this full scale of, of ten more. But then I'm like, then I have to go back and re-rate everything. Uh, yeah, exactly. You got to stay consistent. <laughs> yeah, you know, with your ratings or so I'm like, like <laughs> really redo your rating. Yeah. So I'm like, screw it. I'm watching movies to like them. I'll just stick with this. Like, <laughs> so when I give something like a five or less, you know, I fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah and I would give Man on Wire the documentary 7.5 out of 10 okay uh, let's see I'll have to check that out sometime I love documentaries yeah I think you'd like it especially after seeing this movie yeah alright let's let's move on from 2015 for now and look ahead to the year that we're already a month deep in <laughs> and three feet of snow deep in but uh it's our top five most anticipated movies of 2016. What do you think uh, about the year in general, just from what you're seeing that's coming out? And obviously, we only know probably the next couple months in specifics, and then when you get farther out, it's just the blockbusters, so it's hard to tell like, yeah. what the great movies are going to be. Yeah, um... I don't know. Like, last year, I was kind of thinking... This year couldn't be nearly as good as last year. And I think this year is way better, actually. Or not way better, but... Yeah. They had a real strong end of the year. 
Like, what 2015? Yeah. Yeah. And I like uh, what was like the drumming movie, Foxcatcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a decent amount of good movies last year, but I thought this year was stronger. Um, I don't know yet about this year. It's so hard. It's to kinda tell. could go either way. Yeah, I mean, you got to get into the film festivals for your real shit. Like Sundance is just about ending now, so I'm sure we'll we'll see some great movies out of there and Cannes and all that. And plus, you know, you, you can never tell how these blockbusters are going to go. Yeah, and there's always surprises that pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Like the big one might not end; up, might be the flop, and whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But sort uh, of like Jurassic World being the biggest movie of the year. Like I wouldn't have thought that. Well, other than Star Wars. Oh uh, yeah. Well, but you know still, I mean. like yeah. of the summer. Yeah, it was very surprising for me as well. Um. All right, what's your number five most anticipated? Number five is Batman vs. Superman. All right. Not even an honorable mention for me. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's my number five. It's <laughs> sort of whatever. But I don't know. I think it'll be a watchable movie overall. I'm still very interested to check it out. I just have no high hopes for it. Yeah. None of the trailers really have done anything for me. Uh, seems very convoluted and a lot going on for one movie. Because yeah. have you heard now, like, they showed Doomsday in the newest trailer, and apparently there's even another villain after that that's going to come in. Like, oh, how man, is they're... this movie five hours long? What's going on? But, they're giving uh, themselves enough rope to hang themselves with. Yeah. We'll get to it later, but I'm much more interested in Suicide Squad when it comes to DC. Yeah, but that didn't yeah, make that well. didn't make my list either. But uh, uh, really, yeah. My, right. my number, well, five, what's your number five. I'll tell you, it's uh, <laughs> it's the Midnight Special, directed by Jeff Nichols, starring Michael Shannon, I think Ty Sheridan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this is uh, from the director of Take Shelter, Shotgun Stories, and Mud. One of my favorite directors, and this is his first big mainstream like uh, blockbuster light movie. It's a sci-fi film about a guy, Michael Shannon, whose son has some kind of special powers. We watched the trailer for it. The trailer didn't blow me away, but I have enough faith in the actors and director that I think it'll be great. And it comes out in... Only two weeks, uh, two weeks, two months in March, I believe. So, <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to that. Sweet. Your number right. four? My number four is Deadpool. Okay. This yeah. is a coin flip of a movie. Yeah, I'm could so conflicted. crazy enough to be amazing, or it could just be whatever. Yeah, there's, there's so many things tugging me in both directions as far as good and bad, like... First of all, I love the character from the comics. He's one of my favorites to read. Um, the early reviews, granted, they're from fans, so of course they're going to be good, are good. And yeah. the studio's um, letting critics screen the movie like two weeks before it comes out, which is a pretty good sign of faith that they think it's going to go over well. But at the same time, man, these 
trailers and commercials really are just so pandering, I feel like. Yeah, the only thing that I'm sort of thinking is that the commercials are sort of specific. Yeah, I'm hoping so. For the commercials, for the most part. Because I've seen a couple, like, scenes where it's the same scene, many said different things already. Yeah, I have to hope that that's just, like, trying to go to the most broad audience possible to get them in there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I am definitely interested in that. And that comes out in in not too long. I think it's, like, three weeks away. Oh, really? I didn't realize it was that quick. Yeah, it's in February. So, yeah. And my next movie, my number four, also comes out just in a couple weeks. It's Hal Caesar, the Coen Brothers' newest movie with, God, a million great actors. George Clooney, Scarlett Johansson, Jonah Hill. I think Josh Brolin was in there. and There was just a bunch of people. And we watched the trailer. I loved the trailer. thought it looked hilarious. And you can even just tell how the cinematography is pretty good just from the trailer. Um I don't yeah, know. I heard they get the uh, the entire cast of the Expendables in there too. <laughs> For real? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, but uh, yeah, love love the Coen Brothers. Obviously, every everybody knows they're they're great filmmakers, and uh, this looks like no exception. Yeah, uh, this is actually a little higher on my list. All right, good to know. What's your number three? Suicide Squad. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, there you have it. The guy who doesn't really like comic book movies all that much. That's all you've got. off the three. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about the newest trailer later, but I definitely like the new trailer. The best thing I've seen from the movie so far. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to say, like, I'm not probably as well-versed in what's coming out, like, as you. So, like, I might know names of some movies but I don't know yeah like I said it's hard (laughs) 11 months out from the end of the year yeah I mean I I only heard about some of these things just from the trailers we watch or if some other podcast happens to mention it or whatever yeah so I'm again there's probably 50 movies that I'm gonna love that come out that I have no idea about right now (laughs) <laughs> my number three is another movie we we saw the trailer of late last year and I think it comes out in March so all my movies man I don't have to wait long to anticipate them uh, it's The Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe uh, directed by Shane Black I talked about it at the Redbox Awards it definitely made my top five trailers of last year just thought it looked like a great action movie and a great comedy as well I think the yeah. act, action comedy is one of the hardest things I feel like to pull off, and just seems like they're gonna—he's gonna nail it on here. On this yeah, one. I was gonna say, ah, oh, it's actually my number two. Nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was definitely an amazing trailer. It really was. All right, I guess uh, I'll move on to my number two, Captain America: Civil War. Uh, this one's in May, so we're going to wait a little bit longer for this. But again, talked about it with the top five trailers of last year. Just love the Marvel movies. Love the Civil War comic book storyline. trailer looked awesome. Uh, I'm super psyched for Black Panther being in this. He's one of my favorite comic book characters. And 
They just announced uh, recently that it's official. Ryan Coogler, director of Creed, will be directing Black Panther, which which is pretty awesome. So nice. Yeah, psyched about that one. Oh yeah. Um, my number one is Hail Caesar. Nice. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It, <laughs> it looks good. Um, it's kind of. I don't know. I like that sort of style of movie. It almost reminds me of like Wes Anderson a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Going. For sure. Um, like I said, the cast is awesome. It looks kind of funny. Yes, yeah, uh, there's something about it. Just a vibe that it gives off. Is like seems so likable, even without just from seeing a two minute trailer. I don't know. Yeah, that vibe. It kind of reminds me of how I felt about like the Grand Budapest Hotel. Like, yeah, I didn't know why I wanted to see it, but I like had to see it, and I got stuck on that movie for a while. And I watched it like probably ten times. <laughs> it's just a movie that I feel super confident going in that I'm going to like this movie. It might not yeah. be one of my favorites, but I just know I'm going to like it no matter what. And hopefully, I'm not wrong about that. Yeah. Boy number one. Whoa! Something just fell. Most anticipated. Oh, no. Movie of the year comes out in December. Gotta wait all the way for 11 months from now. It's Star Wars Rogue One. The story of how they stole the plans for the Death Star. Um, Very cool. Yeah, just I'm super into Star Wars now after The Force Awakens. Uh, I don't know. I just I think it looks awesome. It's a great idea for a story. Mad Mickelson, Mads Mickelson is in it. Ben Mendelsohn, great cast. Director of Godzilla, which I thought did action very well. Give this guy an awesome big budget, and he's gonna he's gonna kill it. I feel like. Yep. So. Um. Any honorable mentions? <laughs> All right, I'll go. <laughs> uh, I got the Jungle Book. The new Jungle Book live-action CGI hybrid directed by John Favreau I'm interested in. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of on the fence about this one, but it does look pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange, the other Marvel movie coming out with Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Stephen Strange. Uh, I don't know, just like the character from the comics. Haven't really seen much from the movie, but I have faith. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a great actor. I don't really know anything about Doctor Strange. Well, strap in for a ride and <laughs> whenever it comes out. Triple uh, Nine is another one we saw the trailer for that looked pretty awesome. Comes out somewhat soon. Uh, there's a new Jason Bourne movie starring Matt Damon being directed by the same guy that did the the best of the series so looking forward to that I haven't really seen the Bourne series really yeah I thought I didn't like them or something and then I've seen one or two of them actually now and they are pretty solid movies they're enjoyable yeah so I'm gonna eventually catch up with that the third one in the series is my favorite I think it kind of perfects the 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 isn't there like a spin-off one yeah, the Born Legacy with um, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It was alright. It wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. Gotcha. Uh, I got two more. The Witch, which is a horror movie that comes out this year that uh, people saw from film festivals last year and got awesome reviews. And someone I really trust their opinion says it was it would have been 
like one of their favorite movies of last year if it came out last year. So it'll probably be one of their favorites this year. It says just insane, scary horror movie. Looking forward well, to that. It's like a Salem Witch Trials period piece style horror movie. Uh, let's see. And lastly, Silence, directed by Martin Scorsese with Liam Neeson, uh, Andrew Garfield. It's a, I'm not exactly sure what it's about, but it's Martin Scorsese, so yeah. I'm sure it'll be good. I think it's like uh, Christian missionaries go to Japan or something. I don't know. Oh, uh, I think I've seen something about that. I'll watch anything, Scorsese. Yeah. He's in the pantheon. Uh, <laughs> um, basically, I kind of overlooked Star Wars for sure this year. It would have definitely been on my top five, but just sort of, I don't know, maybe it hasn't sunk in that this is real yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I might be, I might be jumping in too hard with both feet with just from the one movie. I don't know, but hope, yeah. hope I'm not disappointed, but... I sort of just feel like five years from now we'll be like, God, another Star Wars movie. <laughs> Probably. But, but it's not exactly, at least for me, it's not exactly that way with Marvel yet, so I don't know. Yeah, sure. I feel like I ride a pretty fine line of being a fan of like the the good blockbusters and as well as like the more indie and, and uh, serious stuff. Yeah. Got to have a little bit of both in your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Did you um, watch anything else this week? Yeah, I watched uh, Leon the Professional. Nice. Love that movie. Yeah. Um, I guess I had heard about it before, but no particular reason why I hadn't watched it. No particular <laughs> reason why I did watch it. <laughs> Actually, I can't even tell. I think I might have accidentally clicked it. Yeah. Natalie Portman, and, really young. Yeah, it's got to be one of her first movies, if not her first movie. Yeah. It's a pretty crazy movie all around. Yeah, great villain with Gary Oldman. Yeah. So eccentric. Great villain. Uh, what's that guy's name? Like Jean-Paul? Or I don't Jean-Luc Godard? Yeah. Something? Yeah, I just remember he was, I don't know, in like a video game. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. And I don't know, like all around, like the action's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like the themes in it are pretty crazy. Natalie Portman's is some pretty crazy shit for being like a eight year old. Thirteen year old <laughs> whatever, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, dude. She goes down and like tells the hook, Oh, that's not my dad. He's my lover. <laughs> next thing you know, they're getting kicked out. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy uh, movie. It's good though. One of the good action movies of the nineties. Yeah, I think uh, that's when it came out. Definitely a classic movie. Yeah, instant classic for me. Nice. Um, Go ahead, you like? I give it a solid eight and a half. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what I gave it to. Uh, let's see. For me, I watched a couple movies that we'll be reviewing in the weeks ahead. So I'll just briefly mention them now. Uh, the Martian. Watch that yeah, on my movie. birthday. <laughs> we got it on demand from uh, Verizon Fires, and I enjoyed it. But uh, I'll enjoy our conversation in a few weeks even more. So, 
Also, I noticed like when I was going on demand that you can rent movies with these My Verizon points or whatever. And uh, I had a bunch for some reason. So I could rent all these movies ahead of time basically for free. So I also rented Everest on uh, last Friday when the snowstorm started. Kind of oh, to honor that. <laughs> and uh, it's okay. It's all right, movie. It has its has its ups and downs, kind of similar to The Walk. But we'll get into that again later on. Yeah, I hadn't gone out of my way to watch it. It doesn't seem like my type of movie. But... I don't know. It doesn't look bad. No, it's not bad. Um, and the la- another movie I used those points on was actually Pawn Sacrifice because I watched that, I want to say, Monday. And I was scared I couldn't get out to a red box with all the snow <laughs> without uh, killing yeah. myself. So I was like, I'll just watch it on here. So, uh, did you watch anything else? Um... No, not really. Just kind of, uh, I did a lot of shoveling and stuff. How was it? What would you give that? (laughs) One. (laughs) One One out of ten? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I I, I did a lot, obviously. I think everybody did around here, but, um, I hated it at first because, but it was such a good workout I'm, like, making excuses to go back out there every day just to kind of, like... I oh, once know. you get going, it's not bad, but I just... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining, because I did make some money shoveling, and I didn't work all week because of the snow, basically, or all weekend. So that was good, but I did, like, a shopping center two days <laughs> yeah. in a row and went to work after the second day. Yeah. And I could not get out of bed. The whole following day afterward. Yeah, like, dude. <laughs> I felt like someone hit me in the ribs with a baseball bat. Yeah. But, but for some reason, I'm like, I got to get back out there. It's just such, I feel like it's such a good workout. But then I went one day without doing it after three or four in a row, and I'm like, never again. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, I the post office closed on Saturday. Uh, didn't even have us come in. My boss, who's been there for 30 years, says it's the first time he's ever seen it. Wow. So that tells you how much of a snowstorm it was. And then Monday, they made us come in, but they didn't even touch the the truck parking lot. So we literally had to go in there and sit there all day and do nothing because no mail was able to come in, and we weren't able to get out. So basically yeah, our, two days uh, in a row with nothing. One day our, a mailman came down, and he picked up the mail. And he didn't drop anything off. Yeah, I mean, because nothing could get in. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah, to well, it. I was just it was so freaking weird. Hey, don't cuss. First of all, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, don't disparage my profession. Your oath means nothing. <laughs> Seriously, I was saying, screw that. <laughs> why would anybody get around there's three feet of snow everywhere Yeah, and the worst part is now they like, gotta get you guys like some dune buggies or something <laughs> yeah. the worst part is now when it starts to melt and the mail is coming in very heavily because it's like all backed up and we have to. it makes our job so much harder when we have to get out like almost for every single box walk the mail to the mailbox walk back 
Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, I'll save this for my uh, personal service podcast starting uh, in a couple weeks. Or complaining about your job podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast where you complain about your job. <laughs> Call on in. All right. I watched a couple other things. Um, I watched Far From The Madding Crowd, which wasn't something that jumped out to me immediately to watch because it's like a period piece romance. But it was getting really good reviews and it's from a director that I liked his last movie a lot, uh, Thomas Vinterberg. His last movie was The Hunt. Uh, and so I watched it. It was on HBO. I recorded it. <laughs> it's solid. It. Yeah. Solid movie. Not as good as I was kept hearing. It looks great. It's very well made. Great performances. Um, it's just so... It felt cut to pieces. Like Everything was moving so fast through time. I couldn't always understand what was going on. Um, just the pacing was, was off. I don't know. <laughs> but I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Definitely still interested in following this guy's career and maybe potentially going back and watching some of his older movies so also watched uh, a movie that's nominated for best animated short film called World of Tomorrow which is on Netflix Instant it's 15 minutes long it's uh, it's like this guy who he's known for his stick figure drawings but it's somehow still great animation and just a genius <laughs> genius science fiction concept with this movie is amazing you, you gotta check it out it's only 15 minutes uh, it's about this six year old who gets a like video like basically a Skype call from a future clone of herself and it's basically a conversation they have for like 10-15 minutes and it's just all these awesome science fiction concepts like time travel and and just great statements on the future of mankind and how we process our entertainment. So much to say in, in such a short amount of time. I loved it. 9 out of 10. Wow. Highly recommended. Man, if I can find some time. <laughs> yeah. I you, have to check that one out. <laughs> you need to make sure you set aside some 15 minutes. Um, and lastly for movies I watched Galaxy Quest in honor of the late great Alan Rickman Uh, since he died at age 69 Uh, what's he Harry Potter yep Professor Snape and also Hans Gruber from the original Die Hard oh nice shit yeah the villain there um yeah, Galaxy Quest is a kind of Star Trek parody about these actors who were p- famous for this role in the past. And now they're like, all they do is conventions to make their living, kind of like uh, William Shatner now. And Oh, I've seen this movie. Tim Toolman Taylor's in it. Yeah, and he's actually really good in it. He's, yeah. he's an underrated actor when he really gets a good role comedically yeah like, I'm surprised he never yeah <clears throat> I got a feeling he's like a type of person that doesn't want to be super super famous yeah something's weird cause 
He, when he's good, he's good, like the Santa Claus and all that. Yeah, he's really charismatic and all that. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, this was a pretty fun movie. They they play these characters, and then it's kind of predictable. Like, they get sucked into the real thing when they, they think it's just uh, an act, but it turns out to be real aliens and them having yeah, to play they, the roles. And... They base all their technology off of the way they act it, using the control <laughs> boards and yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> but... The uh, effects actually hold up pretty well for a movie that came out in the 90s, I believe, like 93 or something. Uh, they mix practical and CG, like the costumes. It looks looks pretty good for the time. I was surprised. Really? Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Great cast. Sam Rockwell's in it. Um, Ripley from Aliens. La, la, la. Tony Shalhoub is in it. Tony <laughs> Tony the, the tiger. He's I, you'd know him. He's a weird kind of guy. That's uh, a, that guy. <laughs> that's all I had to say. Uh, yeah. This fun movie, seven out of ten. I enjoyed it. So real quick, in honor of Alan Rickman, I'm doing a quick top five. Number one, the original Die Hard, one of the best action movies of all time. Ever. One of the best action villains of all time. Great movie. Number Definitely. number two would be Harry Potter, part seven, part one. Uh, my favorite of the Harry Potter movies. Uh, number three, Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street or whatever, with the, the musical with Johnny Depp. And he's in it. Uh... Really enjoy that movie. Number four, I kind of cheated and just put the rest of the Harry Potter films all together. <laughs> like, I just wanted to separate the best one, but uh, they're all pretty good. And number five, Dogma, the Kevin Smith movie. Oh, yeah. It was, I kind of liked that movie, but they literally played it like every other movie on Comedy Central. Oh, yeah, they'll get stuck on time. some shit. Like, down Periscope. <laughs> yeah, and Wet Hot American Summer, they, they will play some shit to the ground if that made any sense. But uh, <laughs> also, David <laughs> David Bowie died as well. Uh, Abe Vigoda just died. A lot of people died. <laughs> A lot of people are right now. A lot of people die every day. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Just hope you're not one of them. Alright, moving on, Oscar nominations are out, that's one of the big topics of discussion now, I got the list right here, I got your list right here, um, for best picture we got The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, whoop, whoop. The Martian, which I just watched, The Revenant, Room, in spotlight. What, wow. What do you think of that crap? Eight eight films. I know. That's a pretty strong field right there. Yeah. I've seen two of them. I've seen like all but two of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Which ones haven't you seen yet? Spotlight. In room? No, no, no. Not a literal number. Oh, okay. <laughs> But yeah, I've seen Mad Max in the Martian, 
And I think they're both pretty... Well, definitely Mad Max deserves it. I'm just surprised it got it. And The Martian, I think, pretty much deserves it. The rest are movies that I do want to see, at least. And um, Brooklyn... Not Brooklyn. Bridge of Spies in The Martian. We are going to come up to reviews pretty soon for us. And we'll get around to all of them when they come out on Redbox. It seems like a pretty, pretty solid group. For yeah, I'm, I'm super surprised Bridge of Spies got it. Yeah. I mean, it was a great movie. It probably deserves it, but I'm surprised it got one. It just seems like it's Spielberg, it's Hanks. It just comes across as a very Oscar bait movie. Yeah, but I thought it was like kind of too on the nose. It was sort of too generic Spielberg, I kind of thought. But, I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, I'm not upset that he got the nomination. I just thought I sort of remember thinking that watching the movie, like this is a really good movie. Too bad it'll probably never win an award. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, so I'm trying to withhold opinion. But my prejudgment of it is that it it's overrated. But I can't say that yet. It's um, a all I'll say it's a it's a better movie than you probably think, but it's still not like. It might still be a little bit overrated. I don't know what the Metacritic is or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. I, mean. I have to stop saying um, but uh, oh, I'll switch to uh. What well, you... can I just say something? You know what is actually kind of <clears throat> tough about the Skype call is there is a slight delay. Yeah. So, I mean, not to mention we can't like actually see each other. Yeah. Yeah, I feel so, like yeah. we kind of have to wait to hear each other a little bit. It's a place just thinking out loud during the yeah. podcast. Oh bit, yeah, but. slight echo I hear back of my. It's it's a little weird, but we're making it work. Yeah, but as far like as I these nominations, sorry, we can do. <laughs> as far as these nominations go, don't forget that our fall box office draft. This has huge ramifications for. Oh yeah, true. His best picture got like extra fifty thousand. For each nomination. Oh yeah. So you forgot all about the Oscar modifiers. I didn't forget. I put it on our last podcast. I mean, I didn't. I like I knew we were doing something for the Oscars, but I just like totally over my head. Right, right, right. Um, there you go again. All right. For you, you had The Martian, which got an extra. Huge, uh, 140 million for nominations. Wow! You had Trumbo, which got an extra 25 million. Also, Creed got an extra 25 million, and The Hateful Eight got an extra 45 million for you. Sweet. As far as me, Steve Jobs got me an extra 50 mil for the nominations. Uh, Saw that. Of Michael Fassbender and Kate Winslet. Bridge of Spies got me an extra $130 million. Uh, let's see. Star Wars got me an extra $50 million on top, like I really needed it. Yeah. Uh, and The Revenant got me 205 extra million. I've seen all your movies. <laughs> Maybe I money. should. I haven't seen any of them. Except for <laughs> Star Wars. But, uh, and my reserve movie, which doesn't really matter because they all came out got a, the Danish girl got an extra 70 mil wow 
And let's go over some of the other nominations. Best Director, Adam McKay for The Big Short. George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road. God, I hope he mm. wins. Alejandro Inaratu for The Revenant. Lenny Abramson, Abramson for Room. And Tom McCarthy for Spotlight. Uh, I'm rooting for, rooting for George Miller. Probably going to say Inaratu wins. Yeah. And as far as Best Picture, I'm rooting for Mad Max. I think Spotlight is going to win. Think. Yeah, got a got a feeling, and I want to see Spotlight, so I might end up rooting for it after I see it. But best actor, Brian Cranston, Walter White himself is nominated for Trumbo. Matt Damon for The Martian, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant, Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs, and Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. Thoughts? Um, who you like here? I don't like Fassbender. He's not winning it. Not that his performance is bad, but... You saw Steve Jobs? Yeah. Nice. I it's think I think okay. DiCaprio is going to win. And I kind of want him to win just because I love him. But I haven't seen it yet. Um, Cranston could win. Yeah, that would be kind of... <laughs> it's sort of a... I couldn't see the movie winning, like, Best Picture, but I could see, like, someone winning, like, Best <laughs> I couldn't see it winning Best Picture either, because it wasn't nominated. Well, I'm <laughs> I just know what saying, you mean. I know movie. what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, I've seen a little bit of it. Yeah? Yeah, like, a, there was, like, a preview, actually. It was really weird. It was, like, uh, 15 minutes or so. I think it's like right after the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, it seemed pretty cool. Yeah, I, I want to see it. it. It definitely seems like one of those movies that like you have to be in the mood to sit down and like kind of pay attention a little bit. Yeah, I'm not dying to see it, but I'm yeah. interested. Yeah, I'll definitely see it. Uh, for some reason, what I'm thinking of with this that movie is like Capote. Yeah, it's like, a writer. I get the same kind of feelings about it. Like I wasn't in a rush to see it, even though whatever. You know? I, I love Capote. Though. No, it's a great movie, yeah. but I couldn't watch it like willy nilly, like without a little preparation that I want to sit down and like really engage in the movie. Gotcha. Best actor. Right, that's just how I am. I'm kind of like wavy with the types of movies that I watch. Yeah. Best actress. We got Kate Blanchett for Carol, Brie Larson for Room, Jennifer Lawrence for Joy, Charlotte Rampling for Forty Five Years, and Saoirse Ronan for Brooklyn. I think Brie Larson is going to win. Haven't seen any of them, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't Best know. supporting actor. Christian Bale for The Big Short, Tom Hardy for The Revenant, Mark Ruffalo for Spotlight, Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies, and Sylvester Stallone for Creed. I think... Uh, I think that... Stallone or... Uh, Christian Bale. Yeah, I, th- I feel like it's going to be Stallone. Yeah, yeah, I got a feeling about Stallone. Kind of rooting for Tom Hardy though, just because he's one of my favorite actors. But 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't... I don't know if you... I don't know. You, you kind of never really know, but... I just have a feeling that he wouldn't win. Yeah, me. I, I feel the same way. Best Supporting Actress. Jennifer Jason Lee for The Hateful Eight. Rooney Mara for Carol. Rachel McAdams for Spotlight. Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl. And Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs. Uh, I think... I least... hope the girl from The Hateful Eight wins. Yeah? She's yeah. good? She is think, really good. I think she has a shot here. This is a close race. Vikander, I wish she was nominated for Ex Machina instead, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. I guess the Danish girl's just the Oscar-y. More oscar Yeah, it, I kind of have a weird feeling that movie's going to win something, at least. I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know why, but I'm rooting against it. Just seems yeah. so, like, It just seems too stereotypical. It just seems like, look at me, give me an Oscar, look what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, we we could be totally wrong. Yeah. It might be a great movie. But... <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Anything else? I guess best animated. We have... Well, that's short. Uh, Animalisa, which I want to see. It's a new Charlie Kaufman movie. Like stop motion animation. Boy in the World, Inside Out, Shaun the Sheep, and When Marnie Was There. Inside Out, clearly going to win. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't know if any of those other ones are Oscar-y type. Yeah. Inside Sheep. Out, I guess, is my horse because it's the only one I've ever rode. <laughs> yep, so that is your Oscar nominations. Obviously, there's more, but that's the main ones. And let's go to the other side of the spectrum for the Razzies. Ooh. And then, actually, I want to jump back to the Oscars. Any snubs that you can think of? Um, I'll I'll say um, Idris Elba for Beast in Their Nation. Yeah, absolutely. Where is um, he? Where is he? And even the, the little Oscar boy. Oscar Isaacs. Yeah. For I, something. <laughs> anything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's another thing was the controversy con- controversy uh, like the race thing yeah right? Oscar so white second year in a row where none of the 20 acting nominations were anyone other than a Caucasian huh. and I mean Idris Elba clearly was deserving in my opinion yeah but absolutely I think Will Smith was alright yeah I don't know if he deserved an Oscar though yeah, there's been a lot out there as far as, like, wh- why and what they should do. I'm not really an authority on it, but it is a problem when you look at the the overall stats, like, over the years. When you oh, look, yeah, absolutely. When you look on a macro level, clearly there's institutional racism here. But I can see the argument on a micro level, like, hey, we just didn't think so-and-so. Like, on an individual-by-individual basis, you can make the argument, just didn't think it was deserving, didn't think it was deserving. But when it's... I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but I do think if you kind of look at it, like, in perspective of, like, the last 10 years, it's not as bad as looking at the entirety of the Oscars. But there's definitely an issue there that they Clearly. have to address. It's on so many levels. Without selling their souls to 
but like for everybody yeah and you don't want to pander the other way like just like out of sympathy that's not helping anyone yeah exactly you don't want to be nominated just because of something like that but you also want to have a fair shake yeah at... i think it's starts... that's pretty important to their careers you know starts from the top you need more um non-white executives. producers and executives who will hire more non-white directors who will hire more non-white actors like there's more stories that need to be told from different perspectives and i think uh, all it takes is one hit movie to just show that they can make those movies and still make money also one thing is like the black producers and executives that are out there need to not be like essentially a niche Right, like a uh, Tyler Perry. Yeah, like a like a BET or something like that. Not saying like only black people watch BET or anything like that, but like you should try to reach out to the whole audience to kind of I don't know, kind of go against you know the whole argument. Yeah, you know what I mean. Be, kind of be the bigger person, even though they don't really have to be. Right. But, and he, at the same time, though, it, the Academy does share some blame. I mean, I think like 95% of their members are just old white men. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Of like course, I said, there is an absolute issue that needs to be addressed. And you know them. they're not watching every movie. And you know, I don't know, they're just going to go with what they like. And they need to diversify their their field, which they've already... They just made an announcement last week about how... They're going to double the amount of non-white voters within the next five or six years or something. And they just had this new rule where if you're not an active working uh, professional in the field for 10 years, you will lose your voting status. You'll yeah, still unless be, you still be a member or nominated yeah. or something like that. Which seems like a good idea. Yeah, I was reading about that as well, and I did find it interesting that they brought up, like, some numbers of how many people, like, like auction off the right to vote for them, or, and maybe not, like, literally for money or anything like that, but maybe sometimes, yeah. or let other people pick for them, or just kind of use it as a, uh, a gambling, a bargaining chip. Right. And I so. think they also need to make sure the people are watching the movies. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Who's to say they just don't see, oh, I like so-and-so, I'll vote for him, without even see- seeing the movie. Yeah, they should maybe have, like, screenings, like, kind of publicized screenings for some of the main voters or something like that. Well, yeah. I've I've heard, like, with our technology now, there's got to be a way, like, you, there's a system where you can tell if they've watched a digital screen or, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But I'll still watch the Oscars because I love the awards shows for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, now let's get to the Razzies. The worst of the worst. Worst picture nominees are Fantastic Four, which we will be reviewing on our next episode. Fifty Shades of Grey. Hard to argue. Jupiter, yeah. Jupiter Ascending. Hard to argue. <laughs> Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. 
didn't see it, but it's hard to argue. Yeah. And Pixels, which I don't think deserves to be here. It's not good at all, but come on. There's worse movies than that. Yeah, it's just a Sandler wave. Yep. <laughs> they should have gone the ridiculous six in that spot. Yeah, but it was super successful. Who cares? It was a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> freaking Netflix's number one movie of all time. It's crazy. Within the first week or something. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe it. But uh, facts is facts. I have no hope for humanity. <laughs> Seriously. Alright, a couple more news items real quick. <clears throat> Some box office numbers in the past couple weeks. Uh, Ride Along 2 premiered it. Knocking Star Wars out of first place with $34 million. The Revenant made $29.5 million that weekend. Star Wars, 25 13 Hours, 16 and Daddy's Home, 9 And then the new movies from last weekend, Dirty Grandpa made $11 million. The Boy made $11 million. And The Fifth Wave made $10 million. It's a bad time of year. There's yeah. Not really anything good coming out in theaters right now. Um, Sam Raimi is in talks to remake the, I believe it's French movie, A Prophet, which was a foreign movie that I loved. Huh. I don't know if it needs to be remade, but I like Sam Raimi, so give it a shot. Let's do it. <laughs> There's been a release date shuffle for 2017. First, the move was Star Wars Episode Eight, moved from May to December. I guess they figured that they like that release date with as much money as they've made. Yeah. And Plus that, it probably gives them the best chance to win awards. Yeah, that's true. And it pushed... Or no, I guess it was... I don't know if it was related or not, but Avatar 2, which was supposed to come out around Christmas 2017, has been pushed back yet again. So Interesting. And Pirates of the Caribbean 5 moves up to May. Oh, man, they're making another one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's why. kind of a shame because I do like the Pirates of the Caribbean, but movies, but the fourth one was horrendous, unwatchable. They all are, and other than the first one. I really like the first one, and I can't, I like either the second or third one, but it's been so long I can't remember which one I like. <laughs> yeah. Love the first one. Could care less about the others for me. Um, kind of guilty pleasure type thing for me. Yeah, I just. Feel I think like, I just more like the time period type thing. I just can't stand Johnny anything. Depp as that character anymore. <laughs> uh, the new Celebrity Apprentice cast was released today. The the new host Arnold Schwarzenegger. Been, Ooh, been, Arnie. Been waiting to hear this cast for a while. Can't wait for this season. So wait, is he going to be like, you terminate it? <laughs> well, I guess we'll have or to find hasta out. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> yeah. That it, would be, I would watch if that was the case. It's not a tumor. That should be the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some highlights of this year's cast. Chael Sonnen, the uh, ex-UFC fighter. Um, Snooky. From Jersey Shore. Interesting. Boy George. Uh, Ricky Williams, ex-football player. Another one, 
Eric Dickerson. They're both running backs from the NFL. John Lovitz. Totally opposite sides of the spectrum. Yes, indeed. John Lovitz from Saturday Night Live. Layla Ali, Muhammad Ali's daughter. Vince Neal, some kind of rock singer. Motley Crue, I think. Mm. And there's a bunch of other ones, but they're not as big of a name to me anyway. Yeah. So I'm psyched about that. Uh, like I said, Sundance is going on. I'm like a lot of movies. I'm sure that we're going to hear about coming out of there. But the two most notable, as far as I could tell, was the Birth of a Nation, which is like I've heard it called Black Braveheart. Interesting. And Fox Searchlight bought it for a record seventeen and a half million dollars. Wow. I have a feeling this has a little bit of something to do with the Oscar thing. Yeah. I feel like people are saying, there's no way they can do this for a third year in a row. We gotta get this, you know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a cynical view, but <laughs> apparently what? it's a good movie. And the other one that caught my attention was the movie with starring Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea. It's just getting amazing reviews. And I love Casey Affleck even better than Ben. Yeah, I gotta admit, I like pretty much everything he's in. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Even though I don't really know what it's about whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's Sundance. Sundance for you. I don't know, I wish I could go. (laughs) That wouldn't be too shabby. Someone foot our bill for a week or two. Yeah. Sponsor us. But yeah. The Red Box Report. Brought to you by Yeah, why the hell would we have to go? (laughs) We talk about DVDs when they come out on Redbox. Send us to Sundance. Yeah. Well we'll switch it up, man. Yeah, we'll be the Sundance report for a week. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, pre judgment day. We got a few things here. Skipped over a bunch, but Hit a couple of the big ones. Start off with Suicide Squad, since we already talked about it a little bit. Set to the song Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Love this trailer. Yeah, this is... Uh, is there two versions of this trailer, by the way? Because I saw one that had more of a score, too. Yeah, I'm not sure. I saw sure. the Bohemian Rhapsody one originally, but... Maybe it was just someone took the music from the first like teaser... Yeah, it could be. Or something, but... Anyway. Amazing. Yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, I was hating on this movie when I first saw all the first, you know, like, pictures and stuff. It looks so weird. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely had the weird, like, neon... I don't know, something about it It had that glossy kind of look like that the old Batmans had, like Batman or Robin, like... Yeah. Too comic booky, like way Definitely. too on the news. <laughs> this seems like it's that, but done right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, looks awesome. She's an amazing actress. She really is. She's a chameleon. Yeah. And it also just looked funny. <laughs> it looked like it had good action. It looked like it had a little bit of everything. Yeah, it looks enjoyable. Yeah, you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like it's taking itself too seriously like the Batman vs. Superman does. Yeah. Um, 
So what do you think about the villains in this? You mean and everybody? the people playing them, <laughs> maybe more so. Um, it's hard to tell who is the villain. Like, obviously, the Joker appears to be one, but I have heard he's not in it all that much. Like, he's not the main villain. So I'm still not sure, like, who the main bad guy that they're going after is. But obviously, well, actually, all... I saw this thing with some of the crew, and what they said was the Joker is sort of behind everything. But makes sense. Yeah. He's not at the same time. Like, he's not the actual... I don't know. They share some other guy for a second. He, like, kind of goes through a subway train. But huh. you only see him from the back. And from everything I've seen or read about it, they said he seems very Kryptonian. Oh, boy. <laughs> so... We'll see about that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, uh, I meant villains are like the characters, main the main characters. characters. Um, they seem okay to me. Uh, the guy Captain Boomerang really seems the most interesting to me. Is that his name? I think so. Yeah, I'm just so I'm not as in on the DC. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I know. Um, I don't know. I just, like. I didn't know if you had maybe some general knowledge of the movie itself or something, but. I, but think, no, no, I, I think all the villains look pretty cool. I'm not sure about Croc. Yeah. It looks kind of weird. It kind of reminds me of the uh, Goombas from <laughs> yeah. the Mario movie. But as long as they can play up the humor like and be, I don't know, self-aware about it, it should yeah. be okay. I like Will Smith as Deadshot. He seems like he'll be okay. Yeah, the, uh, he seems like he's playing the guy from I Am Legend. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. At least he's not playing a guy from Concussion. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't drop the accent. Uh, oh, let's move on. Uh, what are you going to give it? I'm going to up it up to like an eight. I'm going to eight and a half. Nice. Uh, let's move on to 10 Cloverfield Lane. This was a surprise trailer that they dropped. Um, it was originally a movie called Valencia. Yeah, they on the uh, schedule. They denied the crap out of this movie, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, comes out in March, and it's apparently a sequel or at least a spin-off of Cloverfield, which is a movie I absolutely loved. Um, and this one's not uh, found footage, and it almost doesn't even seem like it could possibly be related until the very end of the trailer. But yeah, all the same, looked good to me. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. I had always heard their idea originally for the sequel was kind of like a random person in the background of the first one. Or not random, but it was going to be like, I don't know if it was supposed to be found footage or not, but it was going to focus on like one of those people, like a different perspective. Yeah, and apparently they're going to do like different kinds of movies around the idea of it but not ever do like a direct sequel which seems